All right, welcome to this week's episode of The Pow Wow. I'm Justine Turley here with Eugene Robinson. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. Indeed. It's Halloween, and then the Panthers did their annual rookie visit to the Levine Children's Hospital, which is always fun to see all the rookies were out there dressed up, DJ Moore, Dante Jackson, Ian Thomas, all of them. Ian Thomas was Woody. I like Dante Jackson. He was Olaf that little. Oh, he was Olaf? Yeah, from Frozen. Yeah, from Frozen. It's always good to see them brighten up the kids' days, and my friend's a nurse there, and she said it just means the world to them. I know. Uh, there's so much community activity that, that players do, and this is whether the Thanksgiving uh, stuff that you do or whether it's the Halloween things. Those things that players do, they look forward to doing, and it's almost expected that they do it because they love it. So uh, it's a win-win for everyone. And then costumes kind of make me think of acting, and I've been seeing so many commercials with some of our Panthers in there, some Christian McCaffrey, Thomas yep. Davis, Luke Keekley. Who do you think is the best actor? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. Uh, I'll tell you what, I might have to go back to when Greg Olson was doing his thing. All right, yeah. yeah. Greg Olson is very, very he good. He did have some TV He did, set. he had some TV set. But you know what, I'll, I'll go CPI, so I'm, I'm going uh, Luke Keekley. All right, I'm, I'm Christian McCaffrey. I like the, the touchdown the dances touchdown and the... And all that, but now let's dive right into this win. We were back at home. It felt like a complete game. We had a good fan base here. The crowd was going. Beautiful day. 21-36, Panthers advanced 5-2. and two. You know, it was relief, and it was relief from the Panthers. So I, I thought that Philly game, the fourth quarter, and what we saw in the fourth quarter, I thought if we were able to continue that where it was all you know, three phases playing, if we were able, that, that was the start of something, and if it is – it was, it was really confirmed by what we saw in this past game because all three units just rocked. Cam Newton, the offensive line, incredible. There's so many places to dive into. I'll just let you tell me what we need to dive all right, into. First, there's too many places to divide. There are too many. First, let's go defense. Yes. And I want to I kind of want to get specific here. Just who do you think was our defensive breakout player of the game? There were so many. I want to hear who really stuck out in your mind. Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson didn't get interceptions, but his coverage was outstanding. Before that, John Brown just eviscerated teams. He had 137 yards or 34 yards, uh, maybe two, one, one or two touchdowns the previous week. He has blazing speed. He runs a 4-2-40. He was matched and outplayed by Dante Jackson, who looked the man in the eye on every go route, every Slot route, every seven, even the back shoulder fade where the guy thought he was going to catch an easy pass, back shoulder fade, it got punched out. Dante Jackson, in my opinion, was one of the stars of that defense, bar none. I definitely agree with that. I think he's really proven himself. Wow. I mean, it's his first year here, but he's really already found his niche, and he seems to know where he fits and how he's going to make plays. And he's got – I talked to him in the locker room right after that. He's – Confident, he has really good technique, and he's relying. I gotta make sure I do my technique. If I do technique correctly, he said I could be unstoppable. Young man, you are unstoppable. Basics first, I like it. it. Is. I also want to talk about Shaq Thompson. He can get overlooked with the likes of Luke on the field, Thomas Davis on the field, but 13 total tackles against this Ravens team, I think, is definitely something you don't want to glance over. You don't glance over. What you notice about our linebackers, they're very, very fast. Shaq is very, very fast. Shaq is almost, he's a lot like Thomas Davis when he first got here. Thomas Davis was a strong safety who got moved to linebacker. Shaq plays more like a safety. He got the speed of a corner safety, but the body of a linebacker. And those 13 tackles, 
Those 13 tackles are not by accident because he has speed, he is in the right position, and he needed to make those tackles because we had to shut down the run. We were able to nullify the run and make those guys pass. Kyle Love also had another big game wow. with that huge hit against Alex Collins, set up the fumble recovery by Vernon Butler, which set up the touchdown that put us up in the lead. Great to finally see the, the defense come together after they let up some points on the first drive. And, and the guy who's maybe over, overlooked on it is Kyle Love. I mean, you get K.K. Short, Dante Poe, Dante Poe. You talk about, we talk about Pep, we talk about Mari Addison. But at that one technique, the guy who's playing that defensive tackle spot, he does, and that's Kyle Love, he does an amazing job. Don't forget, against Philly, not only did he get a push, he was fighting for, uh, with, with um, Pep to see who got the sack fumble on the quarterback that gave it to Pep, but he recovered the fumble. His pressure all year long has been outstanding. His run coverage uh, run, run coverage all year long has been outstanding. He is one of those underrated guys that you need to have. And dare I say, he could be starting. And I like that the Panthers were the, was the defense that everyone came out of this game talking about because the Ravens came in, one of the top-ranked defenses in the league, leading the league in sacks. So it's good to see the Panthers were the ones to talk about. Yeah, see, just seeing, and that really got guys upset and, and mad. I mean, I, I've heard TD's comments about, hey, everybody's talking about this defense. Like, like we're not one of the defense that got it going on. They talk about the number of sacks. I can, yeah, they got 27 sacks. Got it. Yep. They're very, very good. Yeah, I, they, they held a team on third down efficiency to 28, 29%. Yes, got it. Right? But what they weren't doing, they don't make plays in the secondary like they were used to, like they, they, they could make. They, they don't make those big old plays where they're scoring touchdowns. So when we look at our defense, our defense matches this up. We got the same, even though we play a different scheme, 4-3, they play a 3-4. We put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. We put a lot of pressure. The fact that our offense dealt with them dudes is a tribute to our defense because go ahead, our offense is going against a stellar defense every single day in practice. You better know it. You better absolutely know it. And that's why TD said everybody's giving these guys love. I get it, but you all fall in love with them. You better recognize we're going to be talking about our defense when we finish the game. And guess what they're talking about? The Panthers' defense. Not to take anything away from what our no. offense did, but they definitely set them up with shorter fields throughout this game. I mean, there were a couple long, like a 99-yard drive camp set up, but they helped them a lot just shortening that field. A absolutely. And don't forget that the interceptions kept them muddling. Uh, Mike Adams, the two interceptions – will also help because of a pass rush. I remember on one interception to um, Mike Adams on the sideline, Mario Addison was on his right-hand side. He follows the quarterback. He goes at least about 25 yards to force him out of bounds on the left-hand side when he started on the right. Force him out of bounds. He throws a bad pass. We intercept the ball. That's the type of play that you get from this relentless Carolina Panthers defense. We've definitely learned to minimize our mistakes like Ron has been preaching throughout the season, we still have struggled with letting up points early and kind of getting a slow start. How moving forth in the season can we kind of shake that? Here it is. I, you always want to, when a defense takes the field, you want to go three and out. That's what you try to get. Or if your offense takes the field, you want a sustainable drive. That's what you're trying to do. Sometimes that's just not possible. I, I think there's a misnomer. Just because you take the first series and you don't do anything with it or if something goes wrong, that doesn't mean that you didn't have a fast start. 
it doesn't mean anything. I think you got to take the first quarter in totality to tell you what you're doing because that first quarter, those 15 minutes, it will set things up. Now, it's different if the team held the ball in the first quarter for, you know, 12 minutes. And guess what? That ain't a fast start. But when they went down and scored immediately, and then we got the ball back, then we stopped them, and then we went down and scored, that just tells you that, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's we're what good. we want. We're, we're, not only we're good, but we're going to be great. And we just got to work out the kinks. It's all about how you finish and the game ends anyway. It, it is. The defense, though, isn't the only part of our team that struggled with these first or with these fast starts, even though I like how you said it's kind of a misnomer. In the last four games, the Panthers' first offensive drive has resulted in a punt. Do you think that's kind of the same thing? It doesn't really matter? It, yeah, it's you got to be very you got to be very careful because you always want sustainable drives when Cam Newton starts you want sustainable drives even if you go down the field and you start on your 25 and you get to like their 30 and or maybe the 35 and nothing happens you were able to move that team downfield you that's in your psyche oh hold on wait a minute man we, we just we just drove the ball down the field that's what we mean. It's not always predicated on the number putting points on the board, even though I want points on the board. It's how you how you play during that first quarter that determines whether you have a fast start or not. There's a story within that box It is. There's a, there's a story. So now that we're on the other side of the ball, mm-hmm. let's talk yeah. about your breakout, breakout offensive player of the game. The breakout offensive player, wow. Just keep putting you on the spot. There's this, so many to choose from. There, there's so many to choose from. My breakout player – is going to be Chris Clark, left tackle. I like it. Chris Clark, left tackle, had a tough job. He has to protect Cam Newton, that blind side. He was outstanding. Matter of fact, let me start. My breakout players are the offensive line. The entire offensive line was outstanding. That defense had 27 sacks. Justine, 27 sacks. The most important person I said was going to be on that field was Ryan Khalil. He has to call out the protection, and those guys have to communicate across the board. There was no miscommunication all day long. And one time when a would-be sack, Cam felt the pressure, Chris Clark pushed his guy away, Cam stepped up the pocket, boom, he punches right in the middle. I'm saying, wow, these guys are this – is, this is genius. This is beautiful. So my breakout players is the offensive line, every last one of them. I actually had it written down to give him a shout-out because no sacks. I mean, when you it, give Cam time – you give everyone time. And we rushed 154 yards on a team that's been given only 90 yards rush per game. 154 against that defense when they got everybody at the line of scrimmage. They got seven to eight men in the box, and we're getting them all blocked up. Wow. DJ Moore had 90 of those. He's really coming into his own. Also, all these rookies are just figuring themselves out. Ball protection, ball security. You see him wrap it up. Yeah. And here's another thing about that. He started only because Tory Smith was hurt. Wow. Now that just gave the, the coaching staff, man, you mean if we put this guy in as a starter, can we get this type of output? I think the answer is going to be a resounding yes. I'm definitely intrigued by this. He's Panthers, a beast. These, this Panthers team, it's, it's reminiscent of it feels like, a couple right? years ago. It feels like 2015, right? There's a vibe, right? There's there's a vibe, right? I totally agree. Justine, I, I agree. I'm sitting going, man, Cam Newton, let me just – 2015, I think his completion percentage is right around 66%. He's right around that number right now. I mean, his quarterback rating in the fourth period, in the fourth quarters was like 114. Well, his quarterback rating was like 128 in the fourth quarter. This dude is playing some stellar ball. And if that continues, 
watch out. And don't forget, our defense was in the top 10 defense in the league. Well, we're, we're getting, we're slowly getting back in that. We'll probably be top five the, by the time the season ends. I'm telling you, it just looks good. And he's been very consistent in the first half. He had, he was 14, he was 14 for 18, 147 yards, two touchdowns. He ended the game 21 for 29 with 219 yards. He's consistent throughout the throughout the entire game. And again, if you're comparing Cam Newton now to Cam back then, 2015, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. But the other thing, and we've talked about this on the powwow, we've said that Cam, there's something about a maturity that we see in Cam Newton. And I said it's because he has kids. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a maturity level that we see in Cam Newton. And I think, watch out league, because this young man can flat out play some football. So last week we discussed that this this team didn't quite know what they were about. We're going to get to that. Here's some here from Coach Ron Rivera, Luke Keekley, and even some inebriated fans all when we get back on the powwow. <laughs> Last week, Eugene, you mentioned that the Panthers need to define themselves in the locker room, on the field. Do you think that this win against the Ravens has gotten us any closer to figuring that out? And if so, where do you think we're headed? Oh, well, I think, yes. I think this was a really good glimpse of what the constitution of this team is. It's relentless. It's tenacious. It's execution. It's... Uh, taking care of the ball. It's those things, it's making plays on the ball. Those are the things that you do, and doing it with vigor and, and enthusiasm and being unselfish. And that's what I see this team, because the comebacks that we've had, and you think about the Atlanta game that lost, the Redskins games that lost, we were still on the way back to winning. It was a play there that you flip that we won the game easily in that game. Well, I think now we're over that little hump that those plays that we needed to flip that we're going to make. But not only that, that we're starting even stronger and we're going to put you behind the eight ball. We put the Baltimore Ravens behind the eight ball. I think moving forward that we're going to be putting teams behind the eight ball that's going to have to try to catch up and catch up against a Cam Newton and against this defense is a hard proposition. And we've seen in, his, in history those teams that figure out ways to win, even if you have to fight a comeback, those are the teams that are going to the playoffs and making – making some waves. And we always say this because we're about to enter November. When you win in November, you set yourself up for the playoffs. That's been a staple for every team ever since I got in the league back in 1985. Man, we got to win in November. Why do we got to win in November? Because you set yourself up. You Momentum happens, and then in December you win. And next thing you know, you find yourself in the playoffs. It's not because no shave November that if you're losing, you look dumb with that. That's not the reason? <laughs> That's not the reason. All right, well, let's – I, I promise – I do like that. I promised that we'd hear from some fans. I got to interview some of them. I've learned, though, throughout this process that people will believe you if you just start out with, so I'm sure you've heard, because they don't want to <laughs> not have heard. All right, so here's some of those interviews I got from Sunday. The last time they had a home game, Sir Per was fired for throwing a furball at a fan. Do you agree that they should have fired him or not? No. He's the mascot. I think people need to get over it. If they, even if he threw anything, a lot of things have changed with the NFL. Instead of doing a coin toss, they're talking about doing rock, paper, scissors, shoot. What are your thoughts on that? I think that would be cool. Three out of five or no? More? Yeah, three out of five. I think that's good. Three out of five is excessive. Best out of three. Yeah, so maybe two out of three. <laughs> Who's your favorite player? I don't know the players. <laughs> I love Dan Wagner. Last home game, Serper was fired. The guy who played Serper was fired for throwing an actual furball fur at fans. Do you think he should have been fired for that? No, I think that's hysterical. <laughs> no, 
go. All right, also bring him back to Luke, your favorite player. So you know how he's, he's CPI Security's, like, main guy. He is the guy in the commercials. He is actually, you probably heard this, suing CPI for $1 million because people broke into his house and stole his stuff. Do you think that that lawsuit is just? I think so, probably. I mean, who wants someone breaking in their house? I feel like he should have the best security. <laughs> should he not? He is CPI. Yeah, he is CPI. So I need security. All right, you probably heard that last home game, the guy who was Sir Purr got fired for throwing a real furball at fans. Do you agree with firing him? Agree with what? He got fired for throwing a furball at fans. Do you think you agree? Do you agree with that firing of him? He's gone, the guy who was the guy. I don't agree with that. No? No. I did not hear about that, so I, I don't know if I can comment on that. So you guys are familiar with Luke, right? Luke Yeah. You know that he's say A ref during the, the Browns game had a two-head-sided coin to try to help them. He got fired because he was cheating. Do you agree with firing him or not? I did not hear about that, but if that's true, he should probably be fired. If that's true, absolutely. Yeah, that's so dishonorable. That sucks. They're talking about bringing back college rules to NFL, but only having the left foot during first half and then the right foot during the second half. Do you think that's kind of too much? Yeah, I do. Too, too technical. If either do one foot the whole game or don't make it difficult. I don't know. So, yeah, some of our fans are very passionate. <laughs> um, they like to drink. That's what football's about, though. Uh, Just Can you imagine if we had gone back to left foot in the first half, right foot in the second? Oh, it would be absolutely utterly confusing. This, that. And if you're an inebriated fan, well, guess what? You won't know anyway because you probably won't. You're just going to miss it. You'll think it's a great play. I think that is so um, so telling about people. Like, people believe anything. Yep. They, they, just, they just do. People are, are gullible. And then – Particularly when you get a little hint of truth, the CPI, because they know that Luke Kiley's with CPI, that little hint of truth is easy to believe. And so it's not true, but it's easy to believe. I think it's just absolutely funny. That's a great segment. Thanks. And <laughs> That's funny. So Coach has always preached minimizing mistakes and working together, and we really did prove that on the field this week. And this week behind the podium, he was no different in what he was saying. Here's Coach after the game. I think our guys came out and did some good things. Um, in all three phases, you know, defense a little disappointed. We came out in that first series, we were a little discombobulated in terms of uh, being able to settle in, get them into some some positive situations for us. We didn't. We missed some tackles early on, um, but I think once they settled in, I think we got a feel for what what, uh, what to anticipate. Thought uh, Eric did a nice job calling the defenses. On the offensive side, I, I just think we had a really good rhythm. I think uh, Norv mixed the personnel in very well. Uh, Cam made some great decisions and, uh, and and really just pleased with that. You know, it was a, it was a team victory. <laughs> what really sticks out to you about Ron Rivera's presence behind the podium and after wins and the things he's been saying throughout the year and after this game? It's a reflection of our team. I think the team goes as the coach goes and just the patience, the thoughtfulness, the meticulous nature in which he asks, answers questions, um, how he makes it all about the team, how he makes it about it's a win for everyone. Everyone's involved. That speaks volume to the locker room and what you see. And particularly what we saw with the Baltimore Ravens game, that epitomizes this is a team win. Everyone's doing their job. There's too many people that who was were, were successful that I could give everybody a game ball. And he, and he really could have gave everyone a game ball. And so from that standpoint, I think it reflects who Coach Rivera is. 
Uh, he can be fiery sometimes, but the fact that he was a player, he has a cool head, I think his team models him. And veteran, I really like that he has a much nicer presence than Belichick, who we talked about last week. He has Gives more of a nothing. friendly vibe, so like the friendly vibe of the team inside. Football is a violent game. There's some penalties, flags are thrown. But sometimes in life, there's a lot of things that you wish you could throw a flag on, but you can't unless you're on the powwow with Eugene Robinson. And we're going to get back to that up next. Welcome back. It's that time of the day. It is time for Flag on the Play. Eugene, it's Halloween. Put on your F's costume. Okay. Let's go. All right, here we go. So in, in a store in Ikea, a man was arrested for putting fake arrows throughout the store that led to nowhere. In Ikea, this, the, if you guys aren't familiar, <laughs> arrows lead you out. They it's a maze in there. He changed it up, put it where he just let it in a maze. No one could get out, and he was arrested for this. Do you think he should have been arrested, flag on the play? No, he should have been arrested, but I think that's funny, but he should have been arrested. That's a flag. You can get lost in there. You can, but you can get lost on that. You can get lost in there, but no, he should not have been arrested. Maybe just Ikea jail? Yeah, feed him some not, Swedish meatballs <laughs> that are cold as punishment. Yeah, but we have to we have to make them put it together though. <laughs> All right, up next, we're going back to the NBA. Some huge Michael Jordan fan got a full tattoo on his entire back of the jersey of Michael Jordan's jersey. Twenty three, full detail. It looks like it has wrinkles in it. He's clearly an MJ fan. Must really like Space Jam. Black in the play on that tattoo. Flag on the play. I like. Why don't you just get a picture of Michael Jordan? That's it. Keep it simple, man. Your whole man. body is a tribute to Michael Jordan. Just, it looks like he's wearing a shirt. Why don't you just get his? Why don't you just get his jersey? Then you can clean it. Flag. My goal in life is. To why do you get a small jersey? tattoo that says twenty three? There's so many ways to pay tribute. However, my goal in life is to meet MJ and then just say to him, oh, my God, you're the dude from Space Jam. <laughs> you were really good at that whole basketball thing. You ever do something with him? <laughs> well, guess what? He lives in Charlotte. I've met him here at the stadium. Is he a cool guy? He was a cool guy, too. That's awesome. All right, up next. So the Giants seem to be trading all their food-related items from their team, Snacks Harrison, Eli Apple. Do you think their game plan is just grocery list, pass oh. them out? <laughs> and if so, is your thoughts. Yeah, here's another thing. Odell Beckham. Oatmeal, or because oh, I thought he might have been traded to um, No, I, I think the Giants are in a situation where they're trying to find themselves, and desperately, they're desperately searching for some answers because heads will roll after the season. Heads will roll. So Coach Gettleman's going to be calling a lot of flags on the play and trying to get things to, to really get things in order because it's, it's a mess right now. All right, we'll go to something a little more positive. Poor yeah. Giants, it's sorry. It's fine, guys. <clears throat> yeah. Ba- Back to the Steelers. Now we're on the, to the Steelers. So the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. He better get back. Like flag, flag on the play, Le'Veon. Look. What is he doing, here's man? Here's a flag on the play by Le'Veon. Right? Because Le'Veon, as good as you are, the NFL is the NFL. The reason why everybody has a jersey and they change names and numbers on it, because everybody's interchangeable and everyone's expendable. Everyone. There's very few people get their number retired. There's very few people that you sit there and go, oh, we got to have this guy. If you would have got hurt during the season, guess what? Somebody's going to take your place. Everyone's replaceable. So when you know that's the landscape, and maybe you say you got enough money right now so you, it, it doesn't bother you, but the money that you could have made 
hear this, just by just playing and then seeing what it, it took you and still keeping your chops and still keeping your skill, skill level intact, I think there's a flag on the play by yourself because that young boy got to play and he was, that young man it was a beast. And he looked like you running. One good thing that came out of this, though, Juju Smith-Schuster, his teammate, <laughs> last week bought, he said that he bought the Mega Millions. He said, tried to win so we could get Le'Veon back. Didn't work. <laughs> That's a flag on the plate, too, because guess what? He knows. He ain't giving, if he didn't want $1.6 billion, guess what? He's with a kid with a quick football. He's just like kicking. He's like, I want Le'Veon back. Yeah, he, he quit, he I just thought that was funny. But that ends our flag on the play, okay. one of my favorite segments. Just real quick, up next, Bucks. Sounds good. Tough, tough game, but here at Bank of America Stadium, we got the crowd. Hopefully, Fitz Tragic shows up, not Fitz Magic. See, that's they are a tale of two quarterbacks. And here's what I really believe, Justin. I believe that while Fitzpatrick is out there doing his thing, I I think that James Winston he wants the best, but he's he doesn't want him to do so well because James Winston is the guy. And then when James Winston's out there doing his thing. He doesn't want James Wilson to do so well because guess what? He already had a taste of what it like to be the guy and could start for the Tampa Buccaneers. They are a team of two quarterbacks who are trying to desperately grab time, <coughs> excuse me, and lead the, lead their team. And the only way they can do it is by the other one's demise. But that demise, the interceptions, sacks, the things that have happened to both those quarterbacks. Their team can't survive it. Their team can't survive this duplicit thing that's going on. Walking the plane. You, you can't. You can't survive it. And, and that's unfortunate because both quarterbacks are really, really good quarterbacks. Both can lead that team. But they haven't settled on who is the guy. Now, we'll find we'll, – we'll go against Ryan Fitzpatrick. But when he's starting, if he struggles or we start having success and there's interceptions to that – What's going to happen? He's going to get pulled out of the game, and Jameis Winston's going to get out there. And Jameis Winston probably will shine, you know, because he'll probably have the advantage of seeing what the, what we were doing while he's watching, looking on the bench. So he may shine, but I don't think that they win with that formula. It'll be interesting to see, and despite all these offensive struggles, you can never sleep on a divisional opponent no. like we all know. But that game is next Sunday here at Bank of America Stadium. We hope to see you guys all there. And join us next week for the powwow. Mm-hmm.